around. There we go. Woo! They moved the stage around today and yesterday and got some new light bulbs put in everywhere and all that, so they had to uh, do all kinds of wiring, so that's probably what happened. Thank you, Larry. And then you can turn me down a little bit, too, because I'm hot. Whew. <laughs> hot. Praise God. Everybody doing okay tonight? All right, good deal. It's good to see everybody. Good to see everybody in the, in the hizzy tonight. Good stuff. Praise the Lord. All right, well, we're going we're gonna to keep on rolling here on identity. Are you guys enjoying identity? Are you learning something from identity? Two of you. Woo, yes. All right. Hey, he'll leave the 99 and go for the one. That's all that matters. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, well, we're going to keep on rolling on identity uh, tonight. And we left off last Wednesday talking a little bit about the garden. So who was not here last Wednesday? All right, a few of you. Okay, very good. Charles, nice to see you. All right. All right, so we talked about the garden and how the garden kind of represents uh, the fruit of the Spirit because that's kind of where we're heading. And um, it's interesting just how much the fruit of the Spirit deals with our identity. Um, but again, as I was studying this week for tonight's message, I really didn't even get into the fruit of the Spirit again because there is so much rich Scripture right before you get to the fruit of the Spirit that is so important, and I knew I had to focus on that. So I think if everything goes well tonight, um, I won't get that far, but then uh, Pastor Nicole will then next Wednesday uh, take over, we'll tag team, and then she will actually get into the fruit of the Spirit because there's lots of stuff in there as well. So we left off last Wednesday talking about the fruit of the Spirit and how it's part of our continued transformation of our identity in Christ, okay? Uh, and I began to use the garden that we're growing on the east side of the building this summer for giveaways for our food and things of that nature. And we, com we compare it to the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I know Sunday she taught, um, and on Father's Day, I was uh, in the back with the kids, and um, I, I know, and I was a little disappointed that on Father's Day that she did not give a dad joke. I mean, come on, what's Father's Day without a dad joke, right, Marge? <laughs> Some people love dad jokes, and other people hate dad jokes. You know, so I thought tonight I would give my dad joke. Since we're, no, thank you. <laughs> Since we're talking about the garden, I have a garden dad joke for you all tonight. So why cannot you tell your friends any secrets while you're in the garden? Ha, ah, potatoes have eyes, corn has ears, and the beans talk. Beans talk, beans talk. All right, I got a few laughs out of that one. That's why they're dad jokes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Now, I would tell you a paper joke, but it's just terrible. So I won't, I won't, I'm done with my dad jokes tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's probably why she didn't tell any Sunday. That's great. But I, it was a great message Sunday. There was lots of tears in the house. Lots of people were, were getting healed and set free Sunday. It was beautiful. And we, we're still getting a lot of the replies uh, from that. And that's awesome. So it was, it was a good Father's Day. I hope everybody had a great time for Father's Day. Pastor, actually... 
for the first time, drove his car to our house with Phyllis in it, so his little Mustang. So we come down the drive. Here he comes down the driveway. It was beautiful seeing him get out and uh, come over and everything. So we had a great Father's Day as well. So it was beautiful. All right, back to this. There are certain things that we have control of out there in the garden, and then there's some things that we don't have control of in the garden that we talked about. We have nothing to do with growing the fruit or the vegetables. We have no control over that. We can't do anything about that. But we do provide the right environment for those fruits and those vegetables to grow. We do have control over that. And although we don't have control over the fruits and vegetables, how they grow or anything like that, if we don't do our part, we can stun the growth of those fruits and vegetables in the garden. They may not be as big. Uh, some other things can happen to them if we don't do our part. In the same way, with the Holy Spirit, it, it's the Holy Spirit that produces the fruit inside of us. We cannot produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit inside of us. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how dedicated you are, uh, how passionate to want the fruit that you are. It cannot happen. Uh, remember I said that we can't even keep a, a New Year's resolution for a month let alone bearing fruit uh, in our lives. It just, it's, it's not going to happen. So, but if we keep the garden tilled, okay, the bugs out, help with the watering when needed, and keep the weeds from growing, then the fruit will produce. So that's the part that we play in that garden. And just like we can't produce the fruit and the vegetables, we cannot produce love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. We cannot produce those things in our lives. Everybody understand that? Hallelujah. That's right. But as we submit our will to the will of the Holy Spirit, allow him to sanctify us every single day, the fruit, the spiritual fruit will start producing in our lives which directly affects our identity. Amen? Absolutely. So what does a Christian really look like? If you take a poll, you hear all kinds of weird stuff. I'm an American, so I'm a Christian. What? Are you kidding me? There's Nobody has an idea. What does a Christian really look like? Well, I'm a good person. I've said this before, good old boys don't make it into heaven and good old boys don't wear a crown. All right, just because you're good doesn't mean nothing. I give, I support my community, you know, I, I do things. Yeah, that's works and works will not get you to heaven because uh, salvation is a gift of grace and it's there like that as a free gift so you won't boast about how much you can do and do do for the kingdom, right? Are you here tonight? All right, okay, just making sure, okay. So if you call yourself a Christian and you have Christ's identity, then there are certain things that should obviously be different than somebody who is in the world. And today, you look at churches, you can't tell the difference. You can't tell the difference. I, I just heard of a church, and man, it just blew me away. I heard a church that actually made shirts. Now, I'm, I'm not kidding. 
that said, F you, Satan, and is flipping the devil off on a T-shirt. And this church made these. I'm like, what? What part of come out from among them don't you understand? I don't understand that stuff. But I was like, wow, okay, that's, that's way out of line, way out of line. There, to me, is no fruit in that church or in that leadership, right? Because you're going to see a difference. There has to be a difference. It can't be the same, right? That's right. If a tree is known by its fruit, then a Christian should also be known by their fruit. Yes, an apple produces an apple tree, orange produces an orange. A Christian should produce the fruit of a Christian. And that's what we're going to hopefully get into tonight. If we are Christians who are led by the Spirit of God, then the fruit of the Spirit should be pouring out from the inside of us. I remember Pastor Dosik, he got saved, but the Baptist guy at his, at his uh, work didn't believe it. And it, because he was always a cusser and he always... You know, he threatened the pastor, and he told him he was going to kill him if he kept witnessing to him. One day he said, hey, I just want to let you know I got saved. Said, yeah, sure you did, Pete. You've heard the story. I'm sure most of you have. One day he accidentally hit his knee with something, and instead of, he was like, oh, praise God. Wow, some different fruit started coming out from the inside of him. And that pastor said, you did get saved. <laughs> that was awesome. The fruit started changing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so let's look at what Paul writes here in Genesis or in Galatians, the fifth chapter, and we're going to go, uh, I think, verse 16, fifth chapter 16, and then uh, we'll go uh, 18. So it says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so you do not get the things that you wish. That's great. Walk in the spirit. Galatians 5.18 says, But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Okay. And then you jump down even further, and Paul says in Galatians 5.25, if we live in the Spirit, then let us walk in the Spirit. So here we have, okay, that sounds great, Paul, but how do we do these things? How do we walk? How are we led by? And how do we live in the Spirit? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I'll tell you. <laughs> Remember I said last Wednesday that we have our foot in two worlds. We have a foot in the fleshly world, all right, our world, and then we have a foot in the spirit world, all right? Isn't that right? That's right, we do. We have our foot in both worlds. So a question that I have to you tonight, since our foot is in both worlds, when you get up the first thing in the morning, what do you think about? What's your first thought when you get up in the morning? Gerald, what's your first thought? Golfing. Oh, coffee. <laughs> okay. I was going to say golfing. I'm sure that would be a lot of guys. All right, coffee. Yeah, how many is it coffee first thing you wake up? All right, yeah, that's about my wife as well. All right, coffee. All right, what about you? What, what do you think? What's your first thing you think of when you wake up in the morning? Is it coffee? Is it? Okay. Sharon? Getting dressed. Okay, that's great. 
Paul, what do you think about? You don't know? It de- it, coffee? Okay, it depends on the, it depends right on the day, on the morning or whatever. Well, I'll tell you, the first thing that I do is I think about the scripture verse that's on my phone. Am I so spiritual or what? <laughs> yeah, right when I wake up every morning, a scripture verse by 5 a.m. has popped on my phone, and the first thing I do is get up, turn around, scratch my eyes a little bit, and okay, what's the scripture verse today? Okay, great, all right, good deal, hallelujah. And then my next thought is I got to go pee. That's mine. <laughs> it's just, that's me, all right? So, I mean, some of us might think about what do we have to do, you know, for the day. You know, uh, there's just so many different things. You know, are my kids still asleep? Can I get a shower? Whatever. You know, a lot of us don't think about spiritual things right when we wake up. We even have to have our coffee before we can become spiritual. Ooh. <laughs> That's called an addiction, Gerald, an addiction. <laughs> and coffee needs to get saved and turn into hot chocolate, my friend. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'll pray. Whatever. All right. So anyhow, something, some other things that we might think about is, and this is kind of sad, is what, what did we miss while we were sleeping our eight hours or six hours on social media? So we want to look at this thing, not for a scripture verse, but just to see, oh my gosh, what happened while I was asleep? I wonder what's going on. How many likes did I get on my page? And also there's all kinds of crazy things that we can think about when we wake up in the morning. My point is this, we are driven every day by something. It could be uh, your stomach, <laughs> you know, food. Uh, it could be the mighty dollar, I've got to get to work, I've got to pay them bills, you know. And again, I love what Melanie said tonight, that we don't have to worry about God and his part. He's always going to come through every single time. He never fails. We have to do and make sure we do our part, just like I said when it comes to tilling that garden. All right, amen? Amen? Okay. All right, amen. All right, you're still, you're still here. Praise the Lord. But our days are determined by one of two different and driving forces, and that is either your flesh or your spirit. That's what's going to happen every single day. It's going, to, it's going to drive you. And I hate to say this, and I don't want to be negative, but I'm just throwing out the facts. Our default system will always go toward the flesh. Always go toward the flesh. I wish that when we got saved, man, the fleshly desires would have dissipated. That would be amazing. Wow, what we could do if that happened. You know, I mean, all oh, chains gone, baby. Woo! Not having to worry about this stinking flesh. But that's not the case. We have to deal with it. Our foot is in there as well as it is, is in the spirit. But we're always going to be defaulted to the flesh. And it will always want what the flesh wants. Always. But we don't have to give in to the flesh all the time. Listen, Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Another translation says, throw off every hindrance. 
get rid of it. Notice what it didn't say there. It didn't say, deal with your fleshly desires one by one. I don't read that anywhere, do you? Uh-uh. No, no. No. If you feel the weight coming on too strong, just pray. I don't see that anywhere either. Uh, ask the Lord what you should do. He already said it. Lay aside every weight. Just do it. All right? Lay aside. Get rid of the hindrances. We don't have to ask. I wonder if I should rebuke that thought that's in my brain. Uh, if it's not of God, it's not your thought, right? Because you're born again, right? You're a new creation. Your identity is in Christ. So if it's a bad thought, it can't be your thought. If it's not your thought, get rid of it. Rebuke it. Yes? It's right. Get rid of it. Lay it aside. Every weight. Don't mess with it. Get rid of it. I was going to put a video up there. I saw uh, some kids skiing, and, and of course they had a tube. And I mean, it was, they was doing really well. There was three kids in it, and all of a sudden, bam, they were gone. I mean, you didn't even see. Boom, gone. That's, that was kind of my, just get rid of it. Bam, gone. Don't think about it. Don't think on it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. All right, that's what we have to do. Lay aside. Throw it off. That hindrance, get rid of it. It didn't say deal with it one by one. Get rid of it. Because what that does is it ensnares us if we continue not to deal with it the way Paul and the Lord said to deal with it. We'll just de little bit by little bit, it'll start to ensnare us and then enslave us. And we're not, as the body of Christ, supposed to be enslaved by anything except Jesus. We're only supposed to be slaves unto him, and that's it. That's it, bottom line. Listen, if there are weeds growing up in your garden, which is the works of the flesh, for God's sake, people, don't put miracle grow on it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. Every single week, I mow the yard. And after I mow the yard, I don't want to. But I take out my weed killer and I go around all my landscaping and I kill the weeds. Every week, believe it or not, there's weeds growing, even though every single week I weed kill. I do it religiously. Now, there have been times where I didn't want to, so I didn't that week. And when I come out the second week, believe it or not, it's double the weeds. And I got mulch out there. I got that black stuff that's supposed to, weeds ain't supposed to come up through it. If I leave it go three weeks, I got to go buy another gallon because I'm using it all the time. We have to tend to our garden, right? We have to watch what we're putting in and what's coming out. So we have to do that. So <clears throat> what is trying to ensnare you? What is trying to steal your true Christ-given identity? I don't think you have to think about it very hard. I think you know. We all know. We all know what our weaknesses are. I don't think we have to pray. You know what's trying to ensnare you every day. You know where you're weak. Remember, the devil's fashioning that weapon, and some of you are 50, 60, 70 years old. So that weapon's pretty sharp. So you know how he tries to come at you. 
and what you have to do to combat him. Mm. You know what weighs you down. It's everything Paul talks about in Galatians 5, 19. And let's see, verse 21. Yes. And it says here, uh, let's see. Yeah, 19. Let's go to 19 first. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are, oh boy, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. Keep going. Idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions. That sounds like preschool class. Anyhow, right there. Anyhow, uh, dissensions, heresies, <laughs> keep going. Envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You're probably saying right now, man, I wish we'd have stayed home tonight. Yikes, that's crazy. Right? Well, I'm not done. Because if you'll turn over here to Colossians 3 uh, and verse 5, Colossians 3, 5, it said, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desire, and uh, covetousness, which is idolatry because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked in when you lived in them hmm, okay but now you yourselves are to put off all these anger did you see that put it off get rid of it lay it aside hmm, that's good all right wrath anger uh, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do I need to repeat that, anybody? Okay, I won't. I love you all. All right. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man and his deeds and here put on the new man with, uh, with who is, what? Renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Don't that sound like a new identity? That sounds like a brand new identity to me. Yeah, put off those things. Get rid of them. Mm-mm-mm. Yikes. All right, those are the things that await us, or those are the things that we got rid of and we didn't want anymore. That's why we gave our life to Christ, but yet they're still waiting on us. And, and the, the sword is sharp, and the devil is just waiting, just waiting to see if he slips up. He'll set a trap. He'll do this. Is he going to fail today? Is she going to give in to that today? We're just waiting, and he waits patiently. He's, he's not a, a, a devil that is just very, you know, quick and get it done. Oh, he'll wait. He'll wait as long as it takes for you to be ensnared once again. Hallelujah. I hope I'm preaching better than you're amen. And, oh, okay. All right. So, <laughs> so this is our culture right now as well. Look around, folks. All those things that we just talked about, man, that's our culture. Uh, we look at the news. Everywhere you look, this is what's out there. It's really bad. It's, it's horrible. It's in our government. It's in our White House. It's everywhere. Everywhere. And the heart of the problem has always been the problem of the heart. Did you hear me? 
The heart of the problem has always been the problem of the heart. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Not just wicked, but desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Ooh, that's scary. In other words, you're going to reap what you sow. You're going to reap what you sow. Walking in your identity in Christ involves throwing the weight or hindrances off of us. If we want to walk in the Spirit, you might have to say out loud, uh, you know, get thee behind me, devil. You might have to tell yourself, shut up and sit down. You might have to get rid of your girlfriend or boyfriend. Whoops. Oh, boy. You might have to just get rid of friends, period. You know, if they're going to take you down. You know, you might have to cast down every high imagination, right? That exalts itself against the Lord. You know, you might have to... Uh, Tell your body, you know, you're not going to do this today or you're not going to be lazy today. You're going to read the word today. Right? You might have to do those things. You might have to pray out loud. Now, in Jesus' name, body, you're going to submit to the Spirit today. You might have whatever it takes, all right, whatever it takes to walk in what God wants us to walk in, we're going to have to do it in Jesus' name. And we're going to have to use our faith for it as well. You know, I know this, that this thing right here is one of the most awesome things that was ever created, but it's also the most demonic thing that's ever created. You know, obviously, unfortunately, at 52 years old, I remember when these things didn't exist. You know, I remember the old telephones. I remember the party lines. Ooh, I'm getting old, Eric. Oh, my gosh. You know, as a kid, I used to get on there and just listen. <laughs> you know, and then I was is somebody on the other line? <laughs> I used to do those things. Anybody else did not do those things? Huh? Uh-huh. Yes. See, all right. Everybody else are a liar. No, I'm <laughs> just joking. Yeah, but, you know, and this thing can become a, an, a snare of all snares right here. And I'm going to just be straight out honest with you. Listen, man, I, I could get in trouble with this thing real easy. And guys, it's mostly guys, you know what I'm talking about. Listen, there is so much perversion on these phones and, and all that stuff, all the things that he talked about on here, pornography, everything. Listen, you can get it faster than you can say Jesus. And I don't ask for this kind of stuff, but a lot of this stuff pops up on my phone. When I turned 50 years old, I don't understand, but every blue pill commercial came up on my phone. That's stupid. You know, and I went to Andrew. I said, Andrew, what is happening to my phone? Well, you're 50, bro. Uh, okay, what does that mean? You know? And some of those pictures are horrible. Some of those things they try to sell you with is horrible because, again, they know what sells to the guys. Right? Just the other day, I'm flipping through Facebook, and all of a sudden a T-shirt came out. It was really cute. It says, my wife is, oh, that's really cute. I flip again. Bam, half-naked girl. What did I do? Listen, my mind and my flesh wants to keep scrolling because it's how we're made. Looks turn us on. That's how God made us. Thanks, Lord. You know, not so much with women, but with us it is. And so my flesh wanted to take my finger and keep going. But what did I do? I shut the devil down so fast. I said, Nicole, 
Come here. What is happening with my phone? I said, listen, that'll shut it all down. You know, hand it to your wife. Hand it to somebody, you know. It, it'll shut it down. And she's like, oh, my. And I'm like, don't tell me, oh, my. I don't want to know, oh, my. And, you know, and then she tried to get rid of it. And then Andrew tells me how I can see less of, see less of, see less of. I shut off my reels. The reels were getting really nasty. You know what a reel is, a lot of you, right? So I didn't even ask for reels. It come on my phone. They're starting to get nasty. So I, again, asked Nicole or asked Andrew, hey, how do I shut my reels down for good? Shut them down. And it says, we will take these away for a while. You foul devil, you. For a while. Yeah, yeah. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on Instagram. I don't look up any of that stuff. I'm not on Pinterest. I tried to look at Pinterest one day for stuff here at the church in my office. And a naked woman showed up on my phone in Pinterest. Nicole, look, I didn't do it. It just showed up. She's my safe zone. All right? David's right beside me in the office. If something happened, David, come here. You know, my safe zone. I used to do trash outs all the time. You wouldn't believe what we found in trash outs. Woohoo! What people have in their homes, the dissension and the garbage that's in people's homes. And so we had an accountability partner. Paul Downing worked with me. Tim LaMaster actually worked for me for trash outs. And if we saw any kind of pornography, any kind of crap in the houses, we'd yell, Paul, come here quick! Because it shuts it down fast. Having that person there, calling on somebody, whatever it takes to lay aside that stuff to stay pure and walk in what God has, what you need to do. Amen? And if this is a hindrance to you gentlemen or whoever's online, listen, get a stinking flip phone and forget it. If it's just taking you down, do whatever it takes, guys, to be pure and to be holy. Because remember, light and darkness have no fellowship with each other. He's trying to turn your identity back into who you were and not who you are in Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. I hope I'm helping somebody. Thank you, Jesus. We must do righteousness, be righteous in order to obey the Holy Spirit. I want to be good at obeying the Holy Spirit, not obeying my flesh. It's not easy all the time. Not easy at all. You have no control over the fruit, but you can stop the fruit from growing in your life. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to correct and guide us. He will not only help you separate yourself from this world, but also help you desire the things of God more than anything else when we yield to the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, another way to be led by walk in and live by the Spirit is found in Galatians 6, 8. And it says... For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. Just what I've been talking about. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So another way is to sow to your spirit with time. Sow to your spirit time. I thought this was really cool. Kenneth Hagin said, uh, he said this uh, in a message once. It is important to give a tithe of time to the Lord. That's pretty cool, right? I, I think another way of putting it is, what was that book years ago? Uh, can you not tarry one hour? 
right? I know some of that was big and hot in the 90s, that book was or whatever. So give a tithe of your time, of your prayer to the Holy Spirit, all right? That's going to help us grow, walk in, live in, be led by the Holy Spirit. When you sow to the Spirit, it will take you to new levels. The truth of God's Word will become even greater in your life. And you will be able to not only sin less, but do great things for the Lord. Right, yeah. You will be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You know, when I pray more, I see more in the Spirit. Nicole, again, she probably prays more than I do. Whatever, I'll say that, you know. And she sees things. She'll come home and say, you know what? The Lord said this to me. And I'll go, yes. He, he, yes, he spoke that to me too. But apparently it wasn't as clear as it was for you. You know, she saw it maybe right here. And I saw it, you know, a mile back in my mind or in my spirit. Does that make sense? All right, there's things that, you know, I'll see something in somebody and then she'll go, no, 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 no. And I'll go, you little angel, you, because I saw the same thing. But she gets there faster, it seems like sometimes, you know. But anyway, when we sow that time to the Holy Spirit, he revealed things to us. Right, we'll work in the gifts, right? We do those things. But then the last way uh, that I'm going to talk about tonight anyway, to be led by walk in and live by the Spirit, is to pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Now, we prayed for some of you to be filled with the Holy Spirit a few weeks back when we was talking on the Holy Spirit. And I know that uh, some of you got filled. You told me, hey, man, I got filled. I got filled. Praise the Lord. Well, you should be exercising that. You should be praying in the Spirit as much as you can because you'll grow in that. And we need to be doing that, all right? Absolutely. You should be praying in the Spirit as much as you can. Romans 8.26 says it this way. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, praise the Lord, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That's beautiful. That's just beautiful. I don't know how to deal with this flesh today, God. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost in your closet. Pray walking down the street. Whatever. Pray in the Holy Spirit. He's going to help us in our weaknesses. Right? And it says, think about it. We are praying to God. Wow. That's great. Beautiful. That's beautiful. He prays for us. He knows how to pray for us. We talked about that when we talked on the Holy Spirit. So Paul, again, is talking to us about this. We have to do these things in order to live by, walk by, and, and walk in the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Praying in the Spirit enables us to overcome our weaknesses of our flesh. And, of course, I think that would include bad habits and strongholds. Right? That's right. Absolutely. It strengthens us to be able to resist the devil. I'll never forget the time. I, and I know Jesse Duplantis, he was here, and I think he said this. But um, he, was, he was in an airport one time, and nobody knew he was there, apparently. And this was before he, he got a jet and was able to uh, go on his own. But he saw a gorgeous woman, he said, that was standing over and turned around and looked at him and said hello or something. And the, the devil spoke to his mind and said, nobody will ever know 
Well, he said, man, listen, man, I'm sanctified. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. My thoughts are good thoughts. I think on things that are pure, holy, just, things that have a good report. So that ain't my thought. And he said, devil, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Well, apparently that wasn't good enough for his flesh because his flesh was still saying, what's up, mama? So what did he do? He embarrassed sin. He looked at her and yelled, Jezebel. He said, I yelled Jezebel as loud as I could two or three times. And she was like, gone, the devil fled. Sometimes we have to embarrass sin as well. Uh, Do anything we can, amen? Hallelujah. It will strengthen us to be able to resist the devil. It reveals things to us we could never know with our own ability. I just said that, and that's found in 1 Corinthians 14.2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but we speak to God, it says. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. So it's just a, it's a great, great gun to have in your arsenal is your tongue. Hey, man, that even rhymes. I like it. Beautiful. Okay, nobody's happy. <laughs> As we do these things, Paul tells us that we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, but we will walk in, we will be led by, and live in the Spirit. It's not hard. It's pretty practical, pretty practical what he's telling us right here. Not difficult, but yet at times it is difficult. Because why do we still fall? Because we don't do these things. Because we're lazy. Let's be honest with ourselves. We're lazy. We let the world just involve in us. I mean, people call me and, well, how are you doing? I'm busier than a blind one-arm wallpaper hanger, dude. I'm busy, you know? But, <laughs> but we can take time. We can take time to do what we need to do for the kingdom. Then Paul tells us what the fruit is is in Galatians 5.22. So the fruit is the goal, and submission to the Holy Spirit is how the fruit grows in our lives. Submission to the Holy Spirit. To the degree that we walk in the Spirit is to the degree of how much fruit of the Spirit will be produced. it's, It's no different than that garden. Like I told you before, we can stun the growth of the fruit if we don't do our part. One year, I had the kids out there when I did a garden, and we did the enemies of the garden. So I let all the kids take a baggie out there, and we got all the kind of insects and stuff that we could get out of the garden and the bugs. And, yeah, I let them bring them in the church in them baggies. I think some of them got out. (laughs) Was that a good idea? Eh, No, but the kids loved it, you know, enemies of the garden. And one year, I had a patch, and, and we did everything that we were supposed to in the beginning of the garden. We tilled it. We, we watered it. We put cages around it. You know, we talked to the plants. We did whatever, you know, whatever. And then I said, we're not going to do anything to this corner again. And the whole season, we didn't do anything to that corner. Kata Henry, you remember that? Was you, was you in there when, when we did that? Was you that young when we did that? You can't remember? Can't remember? Okay. I thought it was about your age when we was in there. It's been that long ago. So we came back in the fall. And, of course, the weeds were taller than us, way taller than us. And it took forever to try to find that fruit. And, you know, that fruit was like 
so small compared to the other fruit that was tilled properly, that was worked and everything else. And some of it just riveled up because the sun couldn't get to it. So when we don't do our part, wow, it has a horrible effect on our lives. That's why some of us, we get saved, we, we love the Lord, and then we just do nothing. We, we don't come to church anymore. We think online is the way to go. If you can't get here, yeah, but it's not the way to go. Not, not the way to go at all. How in the world do you serve at home? How do you fellowship at home? How do you get discipled at home? How do you, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you grow at home. I just don't know. But I do know you grow when you're here. And the anointing is here. Yeah, the anointing's at home. Sure, yeah. Churches start at home first and then come here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so different because you're not under that anointing of the house. Hallelujah. Okay, okay. All right. The church grew with the apostles because they had home groups. I don't see that anywhere. No, because they live streamed. Oh, no, that's not in there either. Oh, I'm sorry. Acts 2.42 says the church grew with the apostles because they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of the bread and in prayers according to Acts 2.42. I didn't have that put up there, but that's what it says. So we have to be devoted to God's word, the church, the assembling of ourselves together, fellowshipping with each other, discipling with each other, communion with each other, and, of course, sowing time and prayer. We have to have those things and do those things. In other words, with what we are facing today and what is coming, we need to cling to the Word of God for dear life. For dear life. Walking in the Spirit. Living in the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit. It takes work. Those of you who have gardens, you know it takes work. It's not easy being in that hot sun out there tilling. Miss Elaine gave us a list of things that we have to do in the garden tomorrow or Monday. I was like, dear Jesus, hallelujah. But we got to do it. If we want the fruit to do what it's supposed to do, we have to do what we're supposed to do. You know, we can't, we can't be upset when, when we see somebody else in the congregation growing and flourishing and their needs are being met, and, and things are happening, and the blessing just seems to fall on them when they take a step. But yet, we don't know what they're doing privately. We don't know that, that they're being led by the Spirit. We don't know that they're praying in, in the Holy Ghost. We don't know that they're living the fruit out. We don't know what they're doing. They could be doing those things, and we're not doing those things. And so we can't, we can't be offended at them or jealous of them, right? No, we ain't supposed to be anyway. If we're being led by the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, and the fruit's coming out of us, jealousy isn't part of the fruit the last time I checked. Or one of the fruit, right? Okay, that's just the beginning of what a true Christian looks like, guys. Paul addressed a lot of stuff right there before going into really what the fruit of the Spirit really is. It's crazy. But now let me say this. We are going to run out of time, so I won't be able to go into the fruit of the Spirit. I will let uh, Nicole uh, do that. But I want to say this because I think this is really important. The greatest evidence of a Spirit-filled life 
who is walking in the identity of Christ and allowing the Holy Spirit to sanctify them is F-R-U-I-T. Fruit. It's fruit. And here's why I'm saying this. Some people might think, well, it's the gifts of the Spirit, not the fruit of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are so much more important than the fruit of the Spirit. Well, I'm going to disagree with you. And I will paper, rock, scissor you for it as well. All right? <laughs> Listen, I know some. I know some pretty nasty people that work in the gifts. And yeah, man, buddy, things happen through their ministries. And, and I know Eric has been around the world and he has seen it too. Yeah, they work in the gifts, but they're just nasty people. I can think of a couple. I was sitting in the second row. I mean, I wouldn't shake a stick at those people. Yet people got healed. People came out of wheelchairs. Oh, praise the Lord. God did what he did. You know, the gift is without repentance, but they had a personality of a snake. They thought they were better than everybody else. They walk like it, talk like it. They wouldn't pick you up if, if, if you needed help. They just thought they were all that in a box of chocolates. And to me, that's nothing. I just walk by people like that and just shake my head and go, man, I pity you. I do. It's crazy that people act like that <clears throat> because of a gift that they have. And it's not because of the gift, but their I am better than you attitude. To me, it's just sickening. And a good example of this in the Bible is Balaam. So how can you, how can you be like that and, and have a gift? Well, look at Balaam. Balaam. Read it in your personal time. I don't have time to go through it. But he had a, the gift of prophecy and used it for his illicit purposes. He was a horrible man. Horrible man. But he had the gift and he knew it. And so he would use it against God. He's the one who gave him the gift. And he used it against him. Horrible man. Good thing it failed. Look at the book of Corinthians. It also is another good example. They had great gifts, but they were carnal and they were immature babies. Read it. It's in there. So the gifts ain't all that, folks. God's not impressed by that at all. Having good character and being Christ-like and having the fruit of the Spirit working in your life is much more important than the charismatic gifts. I'm just telling you, it is. Remember, let's see, what is the scripture verse? If you have this, 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 and this and have no love, what are you? You're nothing. Right, right. So I feel that this is so much more important is to have the fruit coming out of you. So everybody stand up tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I really hope, I really pray you got something out of this tonight. All right? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. So if you are dealing, if you're dealing with the flesh, you know, I'm not going to embarrass you. We all deal with the flesh. But I guess my point is, if you feel that it is a stronghold in your life, that, you know, over and over and over again you've tried and you just can't beat it, shake it, you've done everything you can, then we want to pray with you. So what I want to do is we're just going to, I'm going to pray a blessing over you tonight as we dismiss, and our prayer team's going to come down here. 
And if, if you have that stronghold, if, if you feel that, you know, something's going on and, man, I, Pastor Randy, I just can't. I, I feel drained. I feel diminished. I, I don't feel that God loves me. I don't have the identity in Christ that I need to have because of this. This it's just seems to be overtaking me. And we're going to pray with you. Our team's going to pray with you. And we're going to tell you, we're going to bust those chains. All right, we're going to break those chains. They're going to come off. And they're not coming back on because you're going to start doing what you're supposed to do. And you won't have to deal with that mess any longer. Right? Amen? You agree with that? Hallelujah. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for our congregation tonight, for our family of faith tonight. God, you love them. You care for them. We love them, Father, as pastors and staff. Now we want the best for them. God, you want the best for them. You want them to live a good life, a life of blessing, a life of prosperity, a life of power. Lord God, that anything they touch, it prospers. Any devil they come across runs and flees in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the blood of Christ on their life. I thank you for the power in their life, Lord God, to go out and do and heal and set free, set the captives free in Jesus' name. Walk by faith every single day. Hallelujah, God. I thank you for that. Thank you for helping them, giving them boldness, Lord God, to go out into this dying world and witness for you and win souls for you. For you say, whoever wins souls is wise. I thank you, Father, that they're wise as serpents when they go to the restaurants and the gas stations and their neighbors and their workplace. But Lord, let them be harmless as doves. Lord God, let them walk in love. Let the fruit, Father, just shine out from them, come bubbling out from them, Lord God, that they see, the world sees the difference. That I want that identity. I want what you have. I thank you for that tonight, Lord God. I thank you for blessing their homes, blessing their children, God, blessing them at work. Thank you for great favor everywhere they go. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen, amen. Now, if you're fighting something, come up here with us, prayer team, come on up. The rest of you, you're dismissed. We love you. We care for you. And we'll see you Sunday.